Welcome to Dodgers Homestand, your behind-the-scenes look at what makes the Dodgers Stadium experience so special for baseball fans and ball players alike. A unique perspective on Dodgers baseball from someone who's there for every home game and who has one of the best seats in the house. And now, your host, the public address announcer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the voice of God in blue heaven on earth, Todd Lights. Well, nobody said baseball was easy. Hey, thanks for stopping by the PA booth here at Dodgers Stadium in Los Angeles, California, where the Dodgers have fallen to the Chicago Cubs 3-2 and drop a three-game series. They lost the rubber game today of the three-game series, and they fall back to 500 baseball. Drew Smiley for the Cubs is the winning pitcher. Julio Rios pitched well but had one bad inning through a couple bad pitches, and he falls to 3-1. and one. Brad Boxberger of the Cubs picks up the save in relief. The Dodgers lose this Sunday game that lasted only two hours and 46 minutes. So these games are going under three hours pretty consistently, sometimes as uh, short as 2.20, 2.30. We've had a couple two hours and 40-plus minute games over the last couple nights, even though they're low scoring. But uh, a lot of action today. A lot of good baseball out there. Dodgers just couldn't get the big hit when they needed it. They did get a home run in the second inning from Chris Taylor. In fact, Chris Taylor uh, scored the only two runs that the Dodgers were able to put across. So for the Cubs, they had three runs on 11 hits and no errors, and the Dodgers two runs on eight hits, and they did commit one error before a sellout crowd of 52,180 here at Dodger Stadium. That's the fifth sellout of the season and that's uh, three back-to-back sellouts in this homestand already. Of course, it's the Cubs, who are always a pretty good draw here in Los Angeles, and we had some big crowds. We started off the uh, day with a uh, huge Little League and Softball League parade for kids. About 15,000 kids came out here early and paraded around on the warning track um, in a parade that lasted well over an hour before the game started. So the Dodgers will pick it up again tomorrow as the New York Mets come to town again for a three-game set. They'll have two 7-10 p.m. starts on Monday and Tuesday and then a businessman special on Wednesday, getaway day, uh, at 12.30, I believe, is the start time of that game. And that allows the Mets to get out of town after the game and fly off to wherever they're going to play next. I believe the Mets wrapped up a uh, three-game sweep of the Oakland A's up in Oakland. Uh, before they're going to head down here to Los Angeles to uh, play tomorrow night. So Dodgers are hanging at 500. You know, I wouldn't say that uh, this was a bad game for the Dodgers. Uh, You know, the Cubs just picked up some big hits off of our ace, Julio Arias, and he was cruising along. He was like one out away from getting it through six innings cleanly, but then he just uh, gave up a home run to Patrick Wisdom who really hurt us this series. He uh, hit a few home runs, a couple hits today. And then Cody Bellinger in his return to Dodger Stadium for the first time as a Cub. Uh, He's had kind of a tumultuous weekend being, you know, standing ovation and then getting booed after robbing Jason Hayward of a home run yesterday. Well, he went back to back with wisdom today and he scored a couple runs. So he had a good ball game. Hey, he's still Cody Bellinger. He's still a former MVP, so he's a he's a good ball player. Dodger bullpen held up their end of the bargain. They kept it close. They kept the Dodgers in the game, not giving up a run. Gratterall came in. Brewstar Gratterall pitched a scoreless inning. 
Caleb Ferguson, another nice showing today, as he did last night, pitched a scoreless inning. Then Evan Phillips came in, and he pitched a scoreless inning as well. But the Dodger offense just does not seem to be operating on all cylinders. Uh, they're missing Will Smith for the third game of this series now, and he's now on the seven-day IL, retroactive to April 13th with concussion. So we had heard that he was ill, and then uh, concussion protocols initially came up negative, uh, but I think further testing revealed that, yes, he was suffering from a concussion, and that's why he was feeling off balance and his equilibrium was all off, and maybe that was part of the nausea or whatever. And apparently he took some pretty rough foul balls off the, off the helmet and face mask during the Giants series and uh, may have suffered the concussion there. But he will be back, and the Dodgers sorely need his bat in the middle of the lineup. I mean, you know, our top top three, top four hitters really had not much to say, although Mookie Betts did get a couple hits. There was one at the end of the game, which was a uh, in the ninth inning. He reached safely, keeping the Dodgers' hopes alive. But the Dodgers came up, and David Peralta came in to pinch hit. He K'd looking. Uh, Jason Hayward pinch hit for Austin Barnes. He K'd looking, all on inside pitches that uh, some of the analysts are saying we're off the plate, so there's going to be some, you know, complaining and, you know, moaning about uh, whether or not those were actually strikes. And then Freddie Freeman, a really good hitter with a really good eye, also Cade looking. And so, uh, you know, there was some criticism for home plate umpire Sean Barber for some of his uh, calls there on the inside part of the plate. And, you know, some of the analysts were saying that, hey, you know, home plate's there for a reason. You know, umpiring is a human activity, and the umpires set their strike zone, and players have to adjust to that throughout the game. So it's not always a perfect science. If you're a left-handed hitter and you see a couple of your lefty colleagues striking out on those close inside pitches, well, maybe you don't look at those, especially with two strikes on you and the game on the line. But that's the way it came out. Cubs win 3-2. to two. They take the series two games to one, and the Dodgers just have to move on and look ahead to the New York Mets coming to town tomorrow. This was a real uh, kids' day here at Dodger Stadium right now. The kids are running the bases, as we often do here on Sunday afternoon. And it's also a family day for season ticket members and premier ticket holders and things like that. They're all playing catch out in the outfield right now. Kids are running around the bases, and then there's going to be a family party event it's going to be kind of a, I don't know, a post-Easter thing. They're going to have a little uh, Easter egg hunt and face painting and things like that. They do some nice stuff for Dodger families, uh, the wives and kids of the Dodger players on a Sunday afternoon, just, you know, to give them a little nice evening and, and a little fun way to kind of forget about baseball for a little while. It's a long season, and these guys really do have to grind it. we got to remember these guys are humans first, you know, they're men with wives and families, and uh, it's important that they be able to spend some good quality time, even though they're not able to get too far from the ballpark with, uh, you know, right in the teeth of the season as we are now. We had a fairly straightforward pregame ceremony today. Not a whole lot going on in our pregame ceremony after the uh, pomp and circumstance of Jackie Robinson Day yesterday and the walk-off victory for the Dodgers. We just didn't have that magic uh, today, but... We had a pretty cool uh, anthem singer who came out and accompanied by organist Dieter Rule was a, a multi-platform award-winning artist and star of the show Revenge Body by Khloe Kardashian. It's on the E! Network. And her name was Renella Ferrer and she delivered a pretty powerful 
nice version of the national anthem. We also recognize some members of the Wiseburn Little League. That's down in the Hawthorne area. A couple of the board members came out and their, and their sons threw out the ceremonial first pitch. You know, again, the Dodgers lineup is, is looking a little thin without Will Smith there to anchor the middle. Mookie Betts was uh, three for four on the day. So he had, a, he had a good day, but not really that productive as far as run scoring. Freddie Freeman had a hit, but he also had four Ks today, and that's not Freddie-like. Uh, J.D. Martinez continues to scuffle, hit into a double play, grounded out a couple times. Um, he did reach on an E6 by the shortstop. And Max Muncy uh, came up at one point in the game with the bases loaded. He wasn't able to uh, capitalize on that opportunity. That was a big strikeout there to end the inning and the Dodger threat. Trace Thompson was hitting in the five spot out in center field. He had a couple Ks and flew out to center. Miguel Vargas was one for four. He started off his day with a base hit, uh, but then was not able to reach base after that. James Altman, although he had some good at-bats, kind of didn't uh, have much to show for it. Chris, Chris Taylor scored the only two runs the Dodgers were able to put across. He had a solo home run, went off the uh, left field foul pole. We should call it the fair pole because if it hits the fair pole, it's fair, right? He also got a walk and came around to score on uh, a Mookie Betts uh, single, which was actually drifted up into the right field sun. And Seiya Suzuki, the right fielder for the Cubs, uh, couldn't manage the sun out there. And, I, you know, you feel bad for a guy out there. It's a lonely feeling when you can't see that big that ball coming down out of the sky at you in a key situation like that. Austin Barnes got his first hit of the season, singled uh, and his third at bat. He was uh, one for three, and then he was a pinch hit for Jason Hayward, and Taylor was pinch hit for in the ninth by David Peralta, both of those K'd looking, so kind of an ignominious end for the Dodger offense. Our military hero of the game was U.S. Navy Senior Chief Petty Officer Alfredo Cortez of Bell right here in the Los Angeles area. And he joined the Navy back in 1992. He uh, started his career in Great Lakes, Illinois and Recruit Training Command. And then he was assigned to the U.S. Waterford in New London, Connecticut, where he uh, repaired submarines and small boats and stuff uh, there at the, uh, uh, the Naval Yard. He later served on the Sealed Delivery Vehicle Team One in Pearl Harbor. And those Sealed Delivery Vehicles are submersibles that they used to deliver the SEAL teams to their intended target stealthily and, and uh, under cover of night usually. So he made sure all those uh, submersibles were working well for the Navy SEAL Team 1 that he uh, was supporting there in Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Senior Chief Cortez received his honorable discharge in 1998, but he continued to serve in the Naval Reserve. And then he deployed again in response to the 9-11 attacks in support of Operations Iraqi Freedom and Enduring Freedom and then retired in July 2020 with 28 years of distinguished service. So it was good to see him out here at Dodger Stadium to receive the uh, recognition and, and the gratitude of all of us for his service and sacrifice for our country. So, hey, have you ever wondered what it takes to keep the video boards here at Dodger Stadium running, the iconic Dodger Vision video boards? Well, there's a lot that goes into it, and I thought that I should take you literally behind the boards here at Dodger Stadium and talk to one of our guys, Steve Shapiro, who is actually a, uh, a vendor of the Dodgers. And they do all the work to make sure that, that all the signage you see here at Dodger Stadium is working 
properly. I mean, we can't show the scores, we can't show the highlights, we can't show all of our videos and stuff if the Dodger Vision boards aren't working properly. And you know, they're a electrical, electronic, mechanical device that, that fails uh, on a fairly regular basis because these things wear out and so forth. Anyway, I'll let Steve tell you more about it and uh, here's our conversation. All right, Steve, what is an LED tech do here at Dodger Stadium for ANC. ANC is not technically part of the Dodgers, is it? No, we're a vendor, basically. Um, We do Dodgers, Lakers, Clippers, and Kings, but our main thing is right here at Dodger Stadium. And what we're responsible for is all of the LED signage throughout the park, meaning the fascias, which are like the strips that run across where the people sit, and the main boards and the line scores underneath. We are responsible for all of that and keeping them happening and looking good throughout the season and throughout the year because we use them for events, as you know, throughout the year here. And they don't just, you know, they don't just all work perfectly all the time. Sometimes stuff breaks. and the Absolutely. You know, so I mean, what happens when something goes wrong up there? I, well, we, we climb up there. Basically, you think of how many modules. There's thousands and thousands of modules. We'll talk about the boards themselves because that's my main thing. And when you say the boards, you're talking about the Dodger Vision. Exactly. Iconic Dodger Vision boards. Iconic boards that have been updated, you know, throughout. They've been here since, I think, when the place, you know, was born. But they've been updated. So what they are, are there's thousands of little square modules, which are probably about six by six inches, along with power supplies and a lot of other sharp metal. And what happens is a power supply may go out and you'll see a big black area. And you know, you're sitting in the crowd and go, oh, what, how are they gonna fix that? So one of us climbs up this very metal ladder and it's very dark and tight and dirty, full of sharp metal and a lot of electricity. So we go up and we fix things. We come in about three hours before the game. We'll fix whatever needs to be fixed. But then throughout the game, things will happen as you know and you'll see oh there's a little thing out and it looks like a black pixel so we climb up there during the game and you change it and you become a contortionist because as you can imagine it's about seven floors of once again sharp metal dirt and lots of electricity and you have to bend and and move to get in there and get that that one module or power supply and it's kind of like a mechanic in a tight you know engine compartment a mechanic and a surgeon Mm -hmm. you know and you got the headlamp on and you you've seen me come out of there you know everything's you know dirty and hair all over the place and it's tight but it's it's it feels good you know you do something good and it makes it work and there you go and you work with your hands and yeah and and with your brain obviously because it's a technical piece of equipment It is, and you have to stay focused and clear-headed because there's a lot of opportunity to get hurt. Mm. So that's the main thing is is we're careful and we use safety chains so nothing falls out of there, even though if it did, it would fall on that little roof out there because we work from the inside. Nothing's done from the outside. Mm -hmm. And um, so when you're in there, you don't realize how high you are really until you'll take that module out and you see the game going on. And I've taken a photo from in there, and it's it's pretty cool. It's a different, it's a unique, you know, view. But um, nobody else gets. Yeah. I think I have a unique perspective up here in the PA booth, but I think that's even more unique. And (laughs) there you go. Hey, almost just came in and hit us, man. So there's danger everywhere here. There are, and and with these windy days we've been having, 
you go up there, you feel like you're in a boat because the whole thing's swaying. Oh, it actually sways? Yeah, and I come out of there, and I'm like, I need a little drama, me. <laughs> <laughs> Get a little seasick a up little there, bit, huh? A little bit, yeah. So how high is it, like, at the highest point that you'd have to climb up to to you do know, your work? Well, we go right up uh, beneath the 76. Right up to the point we'll go, there. Yeah, through the whole inside board. And, you know, there is a ladder I could go up there. I never have. Never had any reason to go in the 76 bowl, but... But we go all the way up and take the whole, it's a grid. It's a giant grid. So how often do things break or how often do the power supplies go out that you have to, that you have to change them? You know, it all depends. It seems like when it's really hot, they go out more. Mm-hmm. But every day there's usually a few that we do. Some are worse than others, but we're up there every day. Wow. Yeah. And it's just a maintenance thing, really. I mean, just exactly. trying to make sure that... And you, you obviously couldn't do them all at once, so you have to no. wait for them to go out, and then you got to fix them. Exactly. And when you think about it, with the amount that are in there, it's it's a pretty good system, you know, with the thousands of modules and, and the power supplies. Like, each power supply will, will control about 12 modules. So when that goes out, that's when you see the big black spot. But um, And then there's the little ones are the modules. But it's... It's pretty reliable when you think about it, but you know we plan going up there every day. That's why I wear my worst clothes here, you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to get <laughs> get them all ripped and torn and you stuff. You get on ripped the... and torn. You do. What's the worst injury you've suffered? Uh... Oh, little slices of yeah. metal. But you learn. You know, this is my third season doing it, and you learn. You know, I use bungee cables now to hold things open, and, and little gloves which help, and long sleeves. Um, little slices, that's about the worst. They're banging your head in a low area in there. But, you know, you just got to take your time and do it right. You know, climbing up that ladder, you could slip and it's going to hurt. Yeah. You know. I think if you look at the right time when you guys are up there fixing, you can sometimes see you guys. You can see, see hands, yeah. probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think we've seen, I think we've seen Mike's head uh, <laughs> a couple times popping out of there when you're one of your uh, co-workers, yeah, Mike Garcia. Yeah. We've been here a long time. We call him Mustard Mike. <laughs> uh, we got to come up with a name for you, Stevie. Um, it's amazing because I, I was telling you earlier that, you know, over at Fenway Park, they have the Green Monster, and, and a lot of people don't know, or, or maybe they do know, that, that actually you can go back in there, and there's a scorekeeper that's in there, and he's manually changing the score every inning. So if there's wow. five runs scored, he puts a five up there in that particular inning, and, and, and it's just kind of this classic old way to, uh, to show it. But here we have a very high-tech... Um, system that tracks the speed of the pitch as it comes in so that's all you guys too isn't it well we're more in control of the technical the keeping the boards running there's a whole nother system of software that has all the statistics and all that and yeah we i believe we do do that i personally don't get into that that's a whole nother podcast Mm -hmm. but um they make these batches of the ads and all the statistics and i don't know how they do it so fast yeah the pitch comes in boom it it shows Curveball, 84 miles an hour, and right. you're like, wow. Or it shows this guy's record. Uh, this is his record playing in Los, An- you know, in Los Angeles from yeah. another team. Yeah. How do they get all that? It's, it's a giant database, yeah. and then they Huge. access that. But So it's your guy's job to make sure the, the, the lights stay on, basically. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the software works. So what do you like about working here at Dodger Stadium? You know, it's fun. It's one of those things where every time I drive up here and walk in here, it's like, and I see the field, it's so cool. It's great to have a great working place, and and I've had a few, and this is one of the best. Yeah. You know, the iconic places like, like up at the observatory or something, and it's that same feeling. I come in here, and and everyone's really cool here too, and just seeing the fi- the field, it's just a great feeling. Yeah. And yeah. you're a native LA guy? No, I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 
How long have you been out here in L.A.? 35 years. Yeah, so you and me are both kind of transplants who've been in L.A. about the same. I, I know, we're 85. the same age. We're exact same age. Yeah, and we're both musicians, too. Yeah, You're man. a guitarist and a bass player, and yeah. you play in bands around town and stuff. And You're a singer. And I, I sing with the band Core, and so you're, you're currently uh, between bands yes. right now. Yeah. So, hey, if anybody needs a bassist or a good guitar player, Steve <laughs> Shapiro's your man. Uh, Thanks, Todd. <laughs> So what are some of the biggest challenges of working at Dodger Stadium? Well, you know, getting through the crowd is a challenge when we have to race to the board because, you you know, I'm carrying a tool bag and people are walking around with beers and a plate full of food and I don't want to knock anybody over but be swift and swiftly get to where I need to go. And just um, being careful, staying focused, that that's the biggest challenge because uh, you don't want to break anything you know there's because it's like there are tight spots and when you're plugging in power and it's happened a couple times you're one little thing off and there's smoke and you gotta shut everything off quickly and repair quickly especially during a game the show goes on you know yeah man i bet during the all-star game and all the activities that led up to that with that I mean, we had some serious heat there. We uh, did, and we period. had some serious challenges during that game. The lower fascia, which is the lower strip, um, right behind home plate, started flickering, 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 and we cannot get ladders out there during the game. Mm. So we actually had to shut it off for a while, let it cool down, and then bring it back because it was really hot. And there was and there was constant activity here that week, as you know. Yeah, So constant um, activity. That was a rough day. And a lot of attention. Yeah, on on this spot right yeah. here. Yeah, and we also do the rotationals, which are those um, the ads behind home plate that the cameras pick up. Right, so we control that as well, and that's not digital. That's on regular, like, like uh, posters basically. Yeah. And we we don't we're not doing the baselines this year, but that was a challenge making those work because when you have eighteen of them and you want them all to be on the same ad and we're on the phone, you know, no, Mike, Mike, you're on the wrong ad on number seventeen. And so stuff like in the All Star game, I had to hop over the, and change one manually a couple times during the All Star game. During the itself. game, yeah. Wow, that's some but pressure, right? Like you don't, it I was don't screw this up. Fifty thousand people looking at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All the eyes of MLB all <laughs> focused on us here. And then, of course, on a night like last night, which was not a wasn't really a cold night temperature wise, but somehow the wind chill made it feel like Wisconsin out here. That wind was brutal, yeah, or Chicago. Or it Chicago, was, yeah. It was rough, and there were, I saw, like, rappers flying around and stuff the whole game. And you were up there. at the. At, I was, and it was windy, and it was it was like the boat, like we were talking about earlier. It felt like I was in a ship. Yeah. So <laughs> you say this is a fun place to work. What, what makes it fun? Uh, Besides, you know, just being at the field uh, and you stuff. You know what, everybody's, people all the people are great. Everybody that works here in the press box that I've dealt with and all the... Even, you know, the ushers, everybody that works here is, is in a good mood. I've never really seen anybody upset, you know, yeah. and it makes it really nice. And it's it's fun. People are here to have fun, and you can't help but absorb that, you know? And, and part of the fun is what you guys do by keeping the boards going so that we can show the cool videos and we can show the uh, the replays. We're trying. And do the games and stuff. And, and, <laughs> and so there are actual living, breathing human beings that risk their... <laughs> life and limb to get up there seven stories up inside the Dodger Vision boards to fix things when they go down. So we thank you, Steve, for that. And thank you and your guys with ANC. And you guys are great guys, and we, we love working shoulder to shoulder with you, man. It's a pleasure, Todd. All right, brother. Thanks for thank spending you. a little time with oh, me, Oh, that man. was fun. All right, thanks so much for stopping by the PA booth here at Dodger Stadium. 
The Dodgers lose today 3-2 to to the Chicago Cubs and drop the three-game series. They fall to 8-8 eight and eight on the season and have to try to pick up the pieces, turn the page, put the pass behind them, and take on the New York Mets for a three-game set that starts tomorrow. Two games at 7-10 on Monday and Tuesday, and then a midday get- getaway game that starts at 12-30 on Wednesday. So get your tickets at dodgers.com slash tickets. And if you want to know about the uh, promotional schedule for the Dodgers, dodgers.com slash promotions to find out when the next bobblehead is, when, when the Vin Scully jersey is going to be given away. I believe that's April 29th. So make your plans to be out here at Dodger Stadium. We'd love to see you back here. I'm your host, Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers, and we'll see you at the ballpark. Thank you for listening to Dodgers Homestand with stadium announcer Todd Lights, taking you behind the scenes at Chavez Ravine and giving you a bird's eye view of Dodgers baseball, both on and off the field. Join us for our next episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts.